Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello there. My name is Miles Jupp. And I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly, and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. Uh, tonight on Stop Hammer Time, we're going to crunch the numbers, uh, the correlation between games left of the season and amount of first-team footballers able to walk is starting to become a serious mathematical problem, as is indeed the rising uh, uh, graph axis of Mark Noble's age as, uh, as we face these seven remaining games of the season. Here to discuss all of those, as always, Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello, Jim. Everything all right? Your end? Oh, yes, very good, thank you. Uh, also joining us on tonight's stellar lineup, we have uh, one of the best friends we have of this podcast. He is radio and now triumphant podcast producer. Here's Mark Sandell. Good evening. Hello, Mark. Lovely to see you. Any more of those, uh, the um, the missing podcast uh, the, coming the up? Manhunt, Manhunt, Manhunt. Manhunt, Finding Kevin Powell. We're um, yeah. due to go back on the road in May, and it's been recommissioned for... 
more episodes. Oh, great. And, uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a few things uh, up our sleeve, but obviously we're not going to start the thing again until the hunt starts again in earnest. Yeah, yeah. It's on the BBC Sounds app and it's Manhunt. And uh, yes, uh, COVID basically forced it to a tantalising cliffhanger, which is perfect for a true crime podcast. <laughs> uh, perfect situation for a, a global pandemic to achieve. Uh, so when it all starts up again, yeah, Manhunt on BBC Sounds. Uh, excellent. Also with us, uh, we have, well, Jim, let me ask you this. Jim, who is your favourite Olympian? Well, uh, my favourite Olympian uh, is none other than Chris Akabusi. Hang on a minute. Mine too. Mine too. (laughs) Jim, Jesse Owens, Jim. Jesse Owens. Well, I, 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 well, I, I never met Jesse Owens. Jim, I mean, obviously, Jesse Owens, I, mar- amazing achievement, wonderful, yeah, Jim, wonderful did, man. Did, did I but, push you know, that statue? Over, did I time. push that statue over for nothing, Jim? Have you learned nothing from me pushing over those statues in Bristol? Jesse, in the absence of Jesse Owens, we have my favourite Olympian, Jim. We have my favourite Olympian. It's Chris Akabusi. <laughs> you know what, Bill? I just forgot how funny you are. <laughs> well, <laughs> funny, <laughs> funny, funny, not ha ha. Funny, no. you got to take, you got to take him away. <laughs> um, that's uh, yeah, that's that's very no, astute. No, 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 <laughs> very astute, very astute observation, Chris. Bill's um, been a long time, but actually, it it's as if I've never left. It's great to be here. Looking forward to Jim, Mark. First time I met you, fella. But um, I'm mean, going to look forward to the house party. Stop. <laughs> <Hammer time. Hey. laughs> it is uh, already brilliant to have you back, Chris. Uh, this is—it's been far too long, and um, you know it, it has been—it's been a long time since uh, uh, we met and first met on the podcast. We've been through, through some really bad seasons, and yeah, but, uh, but, here we are. It, it, so, 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 even as you talk, Bill. There's one particular one that sticks in my mind where we were fighting relegation. We were. And we normally so upbeat and positive. Yeah. I was done. That's right. I was out. Yeah, it drained even your uh, positivity. Yeah, there was one. I mean, there's... I mean, certainly the, the Pellegrini season, I think a lot of us thought, you know, we just didn't have, didn't have it in the tank to stay up. You know, uh, we just, we weren't going to get enough points. And um, and we did, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, certainly some, some grim old times. <laughs> this season, this season's quite the opposite. Chris, I, 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 we better start with you. What do you make of all of this? Well, I can't wait to hear Jim and Mark, but I, I, I look, I know, I know it's probably about... 2.30 in the morning, and I'm in the middle of this fantastic dream that someone's going to wake me up from in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 know, I know this is not happening. It yeah. doesn't happen to West Ham. But if it did happen to West Ham, then what I would say is, it's just one of those moments where it all comes together and the big finger comes out of the sky that says, and it's you. Yeah. I'm hoping... But it's not 2.30 in the morning, but I'm going to wake up at the end of the season and that finger says, it's really you. You're going on a European tour. Yeah, yeah. And if that big finger that says it's you points at the owners, they might actually open their wallets and buy some players because they'll have won the not lottery, won't they? Um, <laughs> well, 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 let's put it this way. That finger will be David Moy saying, 
open your wallet. I need not. I don't need a um, hundred players for a fiver like that Nordvite year. Yeah, you <laughs> I don't want that. I want players that go straight into the first team and make the sort of impact that Jesse Lingard has made. Yeah, yeah, that finger. Yeah, I think calling that year the Nordvite year is probably quite accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah. But we played. Uh, we played. Uh, we we played yesterday, and uh, we won again. Um, um, what did you make of it, Mark? Well, Jim and I were just talking just just before we started about that quote that David Moyes said afterwards when he said, "We've got to stop going three 0 up and then nearly giving it away." And on the list of things you never expected to hear a West Ham manager ever say. The first part of that sentence is doing a lot of heavy lifting there, isn't it? The first <laughs> yes, bit of that sentence, so, yeah. we've got to stop going 3-0 up. In fact, when Issa Diop nearly made it 4, and I know it was pulled back, and I thought, now that's a really dangerous lead, 4-0. I mean, 3-0 <laughs> we can probably deal with. You don't want to go mad and go 4-0 up because you never know what's going to happen. No, absolutely. And, it is odd. and I think as you can look at it, obviously you can look at it two ways. And in our current mood of optimism, you've got to say it is brilliant that we're going 3-0 up against decent teams and, and blowing them away really, you know, early on. Leicester were awful for most of most of that game, really. 70 minutes they were. But on the other hand, you think it wouldn't be West Ham, would it, if we weren't? I, I watched the highlights again today on Match of the Day 2 and still got nervous. I knew yeah. what happened. yeah, yeah. But still got nervous. I mean, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, this is this is great fun. I mean, it's easy to look look back on it now and say great, but it is great. And what a team performance! Extraordinary. I mean, the three goals. We had three fantastic goals last 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 week. I mean, those would have been the three best goals of any other of our recent seasons. I think, apart from Paye jinxing through an entire defence in uh, his maybe his second season with us. Uh, yeah, it was at the Olympic Stadium, wasn't it? Um, Andy Carroll's overhead. Lanzini against Spurs this season but the three goals last week would have been like you know the top three goals of a season then we scored three more great goals this week it was extraordinary wasn't it um yeah I think earlier in the season we were actually sort of saying oh we're playing really really well but the final ball's not so good uh the quality of the finishing yes. isn't, isn't isn't what it should be and we were being a bit kind of still picking up points but we were being a bit picky about that and it's as if like Moyes has gone, yeah, we really need to address, and he said that, didn't he? We need to address the finishing lands. We need to improve the, you know, and, and it's the nature of those goals. I mean, it, I think we've had the last, those last two games, I think it's something like 10 shots on target, six of them goals. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, the precision of some of the finishing, uh, uh, Soufal looking up and picking out Lingard and, and, and Lingard, um, Arthur getting in, getting in and, and picking out four outs, you know. Yeah, They've been week, working yeah. on this. That interview that Jacob Steinberg did with the, um, um, with, uh, with four outs in The Guardian, which I recommend, it's really, really good. Oh, uh, when, where, when did that come out? It's in, I think, prior to the game. I think it might have been Sunday morning. Right, right. Sunday, oh, Sunday evening. Sunday Times. Um, yeah. You have to kind of search for it on the, on the, on the website now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, four sort of says, you know, um, I say to the lads, if you get out wide, I'm going to be on the penalty spot. That's the best place to kind of pick up second, you know, rebounds and that kind of thing. And of course, there he was on the penalty spot, side footing it in, in, in the Wolves game. And so, you know, we're scoring fantastic. They're wonderful goals to watch. And, and, and a different, that, that is the third goal was a thing of beauty. 
The, yes, the sharp interchanging. Mm. It's the kind of goal that we've been enviously watching your Arsenal's and your Man City's scoring over the years in Liverpool in recent years. And now we're scoring those goals. You know, everyone's getting involved. Um, you know, it, it, it come from a high press. We, we, we turn over possession quickly. Arthur slips the ball through straight away first time. And then it's lovely feet from everybody and uh, Bowen tucks it in. Absolutely amazing to watch. And Chris, uh, Lingard, Lingard has just been the difference in these last few games, hasn't he? Well, he's been a revelation. I mean, you know, when, when we said we were going to sign Jesse Lingard on, a, uh, on loan, I thought, what, what are we doing that for? What, why would we get Jesse Lingard? You know, we've got Lanzini, we've got Fornells, you know, we've got we had Anderson. Why would we have to have another creative midfielder? We need we need a striker. Mm. Little did I know that Manchester United had this genius locked up in a cupboard that yeah. nobody knew about. And it's just I mean that goal of his, where he bent it round the players and into the corner. And Smichael, who's a great no 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 not great, sorry, sorry. A good goalkeeper. Yeah. Was nowhere near it. Didn't move. It was extraordinary. Where, where, did you, where did you get that sort of vision and audaciousness to even attempt that, let alone to deliver it? And I don't want to say this because Pyatt was something special, but I've got to say it. You know, he's knocking on that door. He's got something, hasn't he? I mean, it's really... He doesn't even, th- he doesn't even think about that shot. He sort of does it like a, it's a training game. Uh, he's, he's 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 just free, you know. You know when well when I was a kid, there would be a couple of kids who'd play for the school team who could just dribble around everybody, and they were just amazing little kids. And it's like it's like that. He yeah. he, he gets these balls and does these runs, and then he finishes as if he's free, as if he's playing in a playground. And it's yeah. awesome. And again, it's another one of those. Okay, it must be two thirty-four. I'm going to wake up soon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, he has been. I mean, obviously, because we, we're sort of um, we're shedding players like a snake shedding skins well, at the moment. We're just I, sorry, but I, I, yeah. I am concerned though because because I think when we had him on loan, it was an, with an idea of we'll pick him up fifty million at the end of the year. I think you can double that. I I, I really don't see us picking him up fifty million. I think that there's too many people around about us who are fighting for the top four who would think I love some of that. I mean, everything, everything yeah. could have some of that. He could play. Spurs could have some of that. Yeah. You know, he, he could do a job in teams who are traditionally ahead of us. So I think we've got a bomb fight in our hands. The only thing is, he's settled with us yes. and hopefully he likes us. But that's another yes. one. Early on, you said, that's another one where Moyes has got to be able to say to um, the Davids, listen, gentlemen, we've got Lingard, we've got Rice, we've got Suchek, if you want to keep these boys, we've got to be building on them, not yeah. detracting from them. I agree with you completely, Chris. Uh, but I also think where he's made, obviously we know the amazing contribution he's made on the pitch, but he's clearly made an impression off it as well. He's clearly fitted into that, the culture there. He's clearly popular. You know, they really like him. You've only got to see the way Declan Rice was celebrating that goal on the sidelines yesterday. You know, he's come straight in, done really, really well. He obviously has a manager who believes in him completely and knew all about, you know, that he was not getting time and all of that. So you just wonder sometimes, particularly if we were to get into Europe, whether this just fits him 
and it works for him. And why go and why go and experiment somewhere else? Yes, you know, also, when it when it when it works. Also, I, th- I think he um, isn't he sort of in the last year of a contract or something. Yeah, one so, more year. So, in a sense, he he's a little bit in the driving seat in that whole deal, isn't he? I think he's he can sort of go where he wants to where because you know he's just come out of this experience where he's felt a bit unloved and a bit sort of unsupported and he's come into a team where he's got quite the opposite of that where he's you know he's instantly a cult hero and yeah. um you know as as long as we're sort of not going to um you know pay him insulting wages uh compared to what he got at Manchester United it's possible that he might he might even you know uh, agitate for a move to West Ham, you know. Yeah, he, I mean, he might clearly the you know a big part of this project of him surprising the football world by coming on loan to 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 West Ham was about getting back in the England squad, which he's yeah. done. Uh, but he, need, he he's obviously now about getting picked for the Euros. Um, uh, and if he can prove, I mean, if he can do that through, you know, we've got we'll have then two regular England internationals playing in the in the squad. I mean, that that is a sign that you're not kind of, you know, it's not a dead end thing to come to to come to our, our club. And then if you think that there's a long history, isn't there, of of players going to big big clubs and then ending up as fringe players there, and that yeah. that I think you know one way or another. Depends on the nature of the player, but for some players, it, <clears throat> it, it damages their confidence. I think, and it mm. means that they end up not having the careers they probably. I mean, Scott Parker would be at Chelsea would be a very good uh, example of that. I think, um, but you, you know, you could reel off several others. Um, I, I said last week, and I, I still think it's true though that, that Man United would be looking at this and going, "Well, you know, um, he's 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 still a darn good player. Um, he's very very tight there. If they want him back." And they offer him a new contract. He's he's going back now. I I, I, I that would be my view. Do you think so, Jim? Um, sorry, do you think, no, no. Sorry, it's what, do you think so? You see, I I, I don't think I do. So. Yeah, I, 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 well, I don't think. So. I think he loves Man United. I think he's been hurt by Man United. That they've got him uh, Bruno Fernandes and Pogba, and they've said um, effectively, "You're not quite good enough for us." And I actually think the reverse. I think if he gets the right backing at West Ham with the right players, we will be the perfect club for him because he's not going to be relegated. He's going to be key to what we do. And he could, in the next three years, now this, this I'm slapping myself when I say, but take us to be regular top four, winning something. Could you, you know, we've got, we've got legends of our club. And you know who they are. More Hurst, Peters. Because we won yeah. stuff. And he could... It's, I, 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 you have to apologise when I'm saying these sort of things. But he could be... He could be a name like that. And for the board owners, if actually they invest around him and Rice and Suchek and actually allow us to actually win something. Not to be the noise of East End neighbours, but be the, be the... And again, I apologise... Be the premier team in London. Uh, yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, Chris. I, 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 I think what, everything you're saying is absolutely right. I think if he's got his head screwed on, he'll recognise all of that. But I think there's a big pull. If you, I, I think he's confident. He's hugely confident. I mean, a lot of what we've been talking about those first time shots and that that kind of comes from this incredible self belief he's got. He's kept himself fit over that long period of time. He's not got 
that you know has taken an opportunity that was a bit of a risk, I think, coming to West Ham, and 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 so all that speaks volumes about him as a personality and and whatever. But I so I think he'll be if if Man United say come back, you know, fight for your place. I think he will. I I, I, I that's my view. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily the right thing for him for him to yeah. do. And I I totally agree. I think you you build teams around. He like well you know when we when when in that Piat season, you know, we one of the things we noticed about Piat as well as his own spectacular achievements was the fact that he made players around him better. He made Cresswell a better player. Suddenly Noble was doing, you know, all kinds of fancy one-twos with him. And Lingard is making those those front three or four around him. He's, he's starting to make Bowen a better player, I think, you know. Yeah, um, we should probably come on to that in a way. I mean, there were some other um, good performances in, in uh, yeah. that, you know, that game. And, and, and in a way, because it's got the same scoreline as, as uh, the last game, and in fact, the game before that featured a, a sort of a three-goal comeback from the opposition. Um, you know, th- there was a... Well, let's talk about um, Bowen, for example, was uh, had a great game. And in fact, you know, social media, people were sort of starting to be a bit I think people look for fault when things are going well so people are going oh it's great but Bowen's you know not very good was essentially a bit of a kind of um uh, tune being played on social media similarly with Ben Rama um I've I've never really liked Bowen any less than I liked him when he first came which is a lot and I thought, you know, he scored goals in the last two games because he was moved centrally. And uh, um, certainly this week he was moved centrally. And, you know, the absence of goals from him uh, before that didn't take away from the huge amount of graft he puts in. And, um, uh, you know, being key to the sort of tempo, key to the pressing, key to a lot of what makes us a good team. But it was great to see him get on the scoreboard yesterday and last week. Yeah, with well-taken goals as well, aren't they? I mean, both beautifully taken. Uh, but, um, got, but I think, Phil, what, what, what you said, and I'll let Mark say, but, but was, that's really important, is that people were not seeing the grafting and the defensive work. And you, the fact is, you, you know, obviously Moyes had had him down that flank, protecting Soufal, doubling up for Soufal, and then all of a sudden, that interchanging with Antonio, saving Antonio's hamstrings. So all of that, Carlos, you know, Carlos' work, the water carrying work he was doing, then you can't blame him for then either missing goal opportunities or trying to take them and just not being crisp enough to deliver them. So, so I think he was asked to do that X a bit too much and therefore, you know, wasn't delivering in that final third. But not because he wasn't doing do it, but he was doing a bit for, for West Ham. He yeah, was absolutely. He, he, he never hides, for a start. No. Secondly, he takes a lot of stick. How many times did he get kicked yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He, he's, he always gets, you know, sort of rough treatment. And having, the, having him and Lingard playing sort of either side of that centre was fantastic for him. It was liberating yeah. for him. And, you know, we've we seen him get substituted and you see him come off and he's just breathing, you know, he just battles away the whole time. And he just, he also has that kind of goldfish mind sometimes. It doesn't matter if he's missed one, the next time he's still going to give it a go. There's no yeah. kind of, you know, shall I, and, that, and, and he's now getting his reward. And he's not, he's not Antonio, you know. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so they played, they played him not like Antonio and it worked. You know? And also I think when people get sort of frustrated with him, the thing, the thing is, 
you know, he's also, he's not Philip Coutinho and he's not Eddie Hazard. It's like, if he was those guys, we wouldn't have him. You know, we got him from a championship cup and he came with a huge amount of confidence that came from, uh, you know, being a high-functioning championship player, a player that in the goldfish bowl that we got him from was a big fish. And uh, it came into the team. But what was great about him was that, you know, like Suchek, I mean, those two were instrumental to us staying up absolutely instrumental to us staying up, those two guys. What was great about them is that they came with the spirit that they left their previous club with, which was they were big fish. They were big fish in their clubs. They came and they didn't get overawed by playing for us. And why should they? We were like threatening by relegation. You know, uh, they were like knights in shining armor coming to save the day. And uh, yeah, you're right. He never hides. And I think he's confident. Jim, you always say he backs himself when he's got a chance to shoot at goal. He'll back himself. He won't. He doesn't have that doubt. He doesn't have that fear. He doesn't have that sort of sometimes Carlton, if he had too much time, might screw it up because there's just too much time to think about that shot. You know, Antonio, Antonio version one, if he had too much time to think about it, would, uh, you know, sometimes screw it up. But, you know, Bowen doesn't have any fear, you know. Um, I I, I, I love him. I love him. And I think, you know, I think think he did, I think his form did dip mid-season. And that happens to players. Um, And he's picked it up. You know, he's, he's, and and he's been outstanding in those last few games. I mean, he he deservedly man of the match. I mean, we could have picked one or two others, but he was deservedly man of the match, I thought, um, uh, on uh, on Sunday. So, um, you know, I, 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 I'm I really, really pleased. I, he's exactly the kind of player that Moy seems to like, you know, runs all day, no ego, great team player, um, and, and clearly working at making himself a better player, I think. And, you know, well, good luck to him. Yeah. Unlike, I'm sure you're going to mention Ben Rama. I, I, I feel for Ben Rama... Because he again came with a lot of promise, and maybe it's going to take another year for him to to to, to actually deliver on his promise. But with, with all the tricks and flicks and obvious flair that he has, there's something missing at this level, and I don't know what it is. Well, obviously there's goals, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's mm. itself. But there's just something not you know whatever Bowen seems to be producing now, and Lingard has in spades, he hasn't quite got. Yeah, I, I, the only thing I, we, I know you've discussed this, um, Phil and, and Jim, on the podcast before, but you felt that early on you just needed a goal, didn't you? You needed a goal. Mm, yeah. You needed to do something that really got, you know, because he just seems to be, it feels to me like he's trying too hard. He did that lovely bit when he came on yesterday. And again, he was left very late in the day. I do yeah. wonder how much David Moyes trusts him. And that, that mm. kind of concerns me. I think in those situations, definitely, and in the kind of that kind of game against, you know, um, so I think we've got one or two games, you know, the, the Chelsea game, Everton game. I think, you know, you're unlikely to see him, um, you know, injury depending, uh, start, whatever. But I, I've got, a, I've, my feeling about him is that he's yet, he might yet play a really important role in what's, I think we're going to have to play two or three games late in the season against mm. packed defences, parked buses and I think he's got the he's got the chops to unlock a tight defence um, uh, possibly even more than Ligard so we've been playing on the break against uh, your Arsenal's and, and Wolves and Leicester's but we're going to have to find a way through the West Bromwich Albion defence through the Brighton defence through the Southampton defence and I think you know that that, that um, 
that little, if you remember that little chipped assist for Bowen's flicked header against Villa earlier in the season, yeah. those little dinked balls, little, little kind of little kind of shimmy, get to the byline. It might be what we need. You I know. think it was in his debut that he just prodded it sideways for Suchek. Yeah. Uh, you know, just came on and it was just, it came on quite late in the game, but it was just a little, he unlocked, you know, he unlocked the defence with just shunting it, you know, sideways. So he's got a great footballing great. I really like him. I mean, I think yesterday it's conceivable that he would have had more game time than he had because all the substitutions got shunted a long one because one was enforced <laughs> early when Cresswell was injured. So he had, yeah. so Moyes had to use one of his substitutions early, earlier than he wanted. And I think, um, you know, there were, he might have, you know, taken someone off like Bowen off maybe earlier and replaced them with Ben Rama, which was the change, but relatively late in the game. And I didn't think Ben Rama really had a chance to sort of get much going last night because our backs were to the wall by the time he came on. I do think there's an issue there, though, about, um, you know, it was very impressive the way that Moyes set up yesterday. And bearing in mind, we're missing, you know, our best central defender, our best midfielder and, you know, our best striker. And he, and he, only striker. Yeah, yeah. Our only striker. Yes, thank you. And uh, so he lays the team out really. What I do, what I have been concerned about last few games is our, what I would call our in-game management. You know, we, presumably you put your substitutes there because you say, right, OK, if Aaron Cresswell gets injured, we're going to play you and we're going to move Balbuena there or whatever. Or if Mark Noble gets injured, you know, we're going to play anybody except Connor Coventry by the looks of things. Yes. Um, you know, and, I, and it seems to me we've gone a little bit off the rails when we've had an injury problem, you know, when Antonio had to go off or when, mm. you know, yesterday with Cresswell. Like that, it, it's sort of, you know, when you think we've got a fantastic coaching staff, brilliant motivation, we, we all, they seem to know what they're doing. I just feel we're a bit shaky when it actually comes to enforced decisions. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I wonder, you know, he obviously didn't, you know, one thing he could have done was go to a back four, uh, but he clearly doesn't fancy Masawaku as a left back. And, and I think he's absolutely fair, right. Fair yeah. <laughs> I think um, all right thinking human beings, even people that know nothing about football, go even after no, Celine Celine Dion will probably go, Oh, Masawaku <laughs> as a as a left back. No, I don't think so. Just people that literally newborn babies are coming out going, Who? Left back, playing left. No. No, no, he's good going forward, but I mean, it's, it's everybody <laughs> thinks that the same. So it was clear that he couldn't do that. I was surprised to see Babuena. I sort of thought, oh, he'll maybe he'll do something with Ben Johnson or something. But Babuena yeah. came out, and I thought, oh yeah, yeah, he's another central defender. Such a long time since we've seen him. I mean, I would have thought the plan originally was not for Arthur to play the entire game. You know, he was uh, no, no. He's coming back from injury. He yep. absolutely kind of ran out of puff in the, in the Wolves game after mm-hmm. sort of an hour, um, and the same thing happened. And and um, you know, they were absolutely rampant down our left hand side, weren't they? With and when yeah. Albrighton came on, you know, surprised he wasn't in the starting team. I always think he's a good player. Um, I was always relieved not to not to see yeah. him start. Yeah, uh, and he started, you know getting down and getting crosses in and, 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 you know, we were struggling. That was one of those guys. I, I never felt, it, it felt more tense than the, it felt more like the Arsenal game than the Wolves game, didn't it? I mean, I, I do yeah. feel that if the game had gone on for another 10 minutes, we'd have lost actually. Um, yeah, yes. We were, we were <laughs> absolutely all over the place. That's the all about mentality, mentality, because, because you can see, I, I, uh, it's far better for me to criticise Moyes this, uh, uh, this season. 
But the, if you, if it, it is this defensive mentality where all of a sudden, what got you there, you stop doing. Just because Masiwaka makes a mistake and they score one, doesn't yeah. mean all of a sudden you've got to try to park the bus. No, no, no. no. It, it means continue doing what you're doing because they're going to give you an opportunity and get the fourth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think to us, we did we did nearly get the fourth, didn't we? Um, yes, we did. Yes, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. But there's a fragility there. You 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 did feel that Brendan Rogers' halftime team talk would have been look, we just need one back here and you yeah. know yeah. Get on the run here. As badly as you've played in this half, you only need one back. Yes. I mean, I think a lot of the the problem is, I think a lot of what we do involves running hard and covering ground and pressing when we're playing well. Um, and we have got the players who to do it. The likes of, you know, Suchek, you know, covers incredible amount of ground. Four nows never stops moving, never stops running. Bowen, like we said. Um, but, you know, <laughs> we haven't got quite the replacements on the bench to come on and just pick up from where they've left off. And, no. um, you know, as, as Ben Rama has got his own virtues, but he's not that kind of player. He's not going to do a four nows for you. So I do feel... It's you know we've been you know the, the thinness of the squad get is really getting exposed not just through injuries but also from maintaining the tempo that that that, that Moyes wants the team to play at um, and and we look you know we do look we just look leggy didn't we, we just look at puffed yeah you know? yeah um, it's like coming you know Chris like that final straight in a in a four hundred meters you know that sort of sense of 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 you know hanging on in there yeah. um, and I thought you know. We've we've been incredibly resilient as a team throughout the season. I, I, it's it's we've we've watched entertaining West Ham teams down the years, and we've enjoyed some really really fantastic individual players. But I can't remember. I mean, getting back to eighty five, eighty six, maybe was the last time we had a team that just just was so um, foot brimful of confidence and resilience and determination and team spirit. It's brilliant to watch. How many? How many times? I was the only reason I know this because I was looking it up because I couldn't remember a season where we'd scored three goals or more as many times. Do you know yeah, offhand yeah. how many? How many we've got in all competitions? Three goals or more? Uh, no. It's a lot, and only Manchester City and Man United have more. I read yeah. somewhere. Well, it's, it's twelve if you include obviously that's Car- incredible. About an FA Cup, the eighty-five, eighty-six season, we didn't get anywhere near that. And I was also thinking about the Allardyce championship season when we were mm. in the playoff. Mm. I thought I seem to re- recall us beating Barnsley 4-0 and Forest. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Thought, and again, the, it was it was nine, I think, you know, including the playoff. Wow. That's amazing. So so I you know I'm sure someone will correct me, but I can't think of a season when we've consistently scored three goals or more. And also only once have conceded more than three, which was the Everton Cup tie, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, you, usually in the course of a season, it doesn't matter, even in the 85-86 season, we had a few thumpings. You know, you just that's just West Ham, isn't it? And we haven't really Chelsea probably was the, the three 0 That was pretty poor, wasn't it? And mm. yeah, performance. But we haven't had a real hiding. I don't want to tempt one. No, we no. Had it. I mean that is and that is fantastically entertaining. If we, on twelve occasions this season, we've seen us score three or more goals. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right, Jim. I mean, there's sort of like you know. Uh, there's been a sort of counter argument of kind of going, you know, we let them back in about Arsenal uh, and uh, about the last two games, Wolves and um, Leicester. Um, but I think a lot of it is fatigue and that the other team 
sort of gets its act together. You know, that Arsenal were wretched in that first half. And then the second half, Arteta himself said, it's one of the best halves of football we've played all season. They really came back into that game and it was hard to do anything about it, especially since we're tiring from having gone 3-0 up. And similarly, you know, the last two games, um, you know, if we had won them 3-0... If we'd beat Leicester 3-0 again when they're third in the division and a good Wolves team, that would have been a very strange result. The fact that we, you know, we scored three goals, but they scored some goals as well sort of feels like the natural order of things. Sorry, Chris. No, no. But Phil, what I think it is, as I said, I think it's, it's our mentality. Some of our worst games this year, when we, we did it against Man United, for some reason, now, OK, they're second in the league now, but they weren't then. I, I called it playing the badge. All of a sudden, yeah. Man United had come in town, so we got a part of the bus. I don't know why. And what we did it against Liverpool, did it against yeah, Man United, yeah. you know, we did it once against these big brands. We get this mentality, got a part of the bus. And, we did, and, it's, and it's exactly what happens when we go through and up. We go through and up, and then we go, we got a part of the bus. And so I actually think. It is our mentality. We bring it on ourselves. Yes, of course. If you give Arsenal the ball and say, okay, attack the attack the defence, they're gonna flood you. Arsenal, we were we were lucky against Arsenal. We were balls, yeah. they weren't good enough. But we were lucky. I think you said 10 more minutes with Leicester, we were lucky against Leicester. You, and that's without Madison. So so my theory is that we get this park the bus mentality and we can't do it we haven't got the players that are equipped to do it to defend properly no I mean you have to keep giving them something to think about and uh, you know I mean obviously that sort of hitting them on a break uh, approach where we might not have as much possession um, you know is how we've operated I mean those last three matches we've scored three goals in the first halves of those games because um you know the team, the other team comes on to us, and then we hit them on the break. And uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just uh, you know, I guess it's hard to it's, do that for ninety it's minutes. Two sides of an equation, though, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I think Benji mentioned this um, a few weeks ago on, on the podcast. I think at the moment we're 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 setting out to blitz teams in the first in the first twenty minutes of game. We've scored a lot of early goals this season. We've really, really gone at teams, play with a very high tempo in the first half. And it is difficult to maintain. I mean, Leicester are thirds in the league. They've only yeah. won, they've, they've only lost one away game all season. It'd be amazing outfit. if they didn't have a 20 minute yes. spell against yeah. you. They're going to they're gonna have a, a period of, you know, it's about the game management when, when in those situations when you are a bit backs to the wall. Um, and I, as I say, I think, you know, you, you were rightly pointed out, Phil, that, you know, um, two of the substitutions were forced on him through injury. That makes a difference to how you are, you're planning to manage the game, um, even from half time, you know, <clears throat> onwards. Um, so I don't think we can be... I wouldn't be too critical. I think you're. I think you're right, Chris. I think you know it's something that we've seen West Ham teams. Oh, under Redknapp, you know, we used to do the same thing. But it's a team full of attacking players. But we we get to the last ten minutes of a game, and we'd be for some reason, you know, uh, backs against the wall. We mentioned last week that game under, under Bidic, you know, um, away at Spurs, where he took Piat off, and Elfing kind of, you know, but Piat by being an attacking threat on the halfway line. 
you know, when we, when when the ball was in our box, was 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 a defender in a way, even though he was attacking. So I think you're right, but I think it's very hard for football teams to avoid that at times. Um, yeah, it's very weird. It's very rare for the, you know any team in in a, a football match not to have a spell. You know, you feel that if. If uh, Real Madrid played Bromley United, Bromley might have five minutes in the game where they sort of gave them a bit yeah. of trouble for one reason or another. Um, we'll carry on with this after this message. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct... Something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Welcome back. And uh, yeah, so... Um, so I was going to just say about one thing that really surprised me about Leicester. Yes. Um, and I know they were disrupted and they've had injuries as well. And I mean, I'm very relieved that that Harvey Barnes is, is not because I think he's a fantastic yeah. player. We, we, we struggled to deal with his pace in the, in the, in the, uh, in the away game. Remember that he got that goal that was just VAR fractionally offside. Yeah, it was yeah. a fantastic move. They, they, they got that goal up there. Um, but I was surprised that they, I mentioned last week, I thought, you know, they're going to have learned, they're going to have learned their lesson. You know they were they were burned with uh, by Antonio's pace up there and and the they're hitting him on the break. But actually, if you look at the two second goals in those games, the second goal up there was a long punt from Cresswell over the top that Fornells sprung their high line oh, offside yes, trap yes, on did, and yes. scored. Second goal today, Diop uh, long ball down the line, Bowen springs their offside trap and yeah. and, and and scores. He really didn't learn from 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 them sort of the first game so you know everyone lords Brendan Rodgers uh, everyone you know has opinions about managers but they all make mistakes and and Rodgers set them up got them got the tactics wrong in that first half badly yes that's true I forgot about that four nails goal being against Leicester uh yeah yeah it's identical sort of springing of the offside, Similar, offside yeah. trap, you know even down to you know questions being asked as to whether it was offside and ha- having to be yeah. checked by VAR yeah, yeah. I'd also, I'd also question Brendan Rodgers in, in terms of the fact that if you know anything about West Ham, is exactly what you just said, Jim, is that we blast teams early on. We're happy overall to have 35% possession over the course of a whole game. But what was it, the Arsenal game, 10 minutes in, we had 86% possession. You yeah. know, and so if you know anything about us, you know that we're actually going to really go for you in the first 20, 25 minutes. As you say, that high pressing, high energy is fantastic. So again, you thought, well, surely you would, you'd come up with something. We used to get annoyed with West Ham teams being a terribly slow starters, didn't we? We'd always say, yeah. why does it take, you know, how many, how many times have we had that conversation? What is it, what is our problem that we can't send them out fired up? Well, they're fired up now. But, you know, you're going to watch Match of the Day every week to see that's how we play. Mm. Yeah. Question, question for you guys, because I've not seen all your um, podcasts. Um, have you discussed 
the absence of fans and, and, and maybe the effect that's, um, that's had on the team? Yeah, sort of, you know, we haven't had a long conversation about it, but it does sort of come up, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, those, um, those sort of stats about Leicester's away record and our home record, you sort of listen to them and kind of go, yeah, it's not really the same this season, though, is it? Sort of, you know, kind of uh, away games and home games. I mean, we sort of seem to do well at home. I mean, there's, I think in the Olympic Stadium, especially pre-new carpet, I think you probably did have to be used to playing in that season because it was very difficult to, um, you know, uh, calculate in your little onboard computer how hard to hit a ball because a huge expanse of green and then the fans being a long way away spread out in front of you. And I think players said, I think Collins said when he was on the podcast, that it's actually difficult to, you know, find your range. Um, yeah, so no, perhaps, I, mean, I didn't mean that, Phil. I mean... Crowds. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm talking about... Toxicity. Toxicity. Thank you yeah. very much. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to imagine um, what it would have been like if the fans had been in the ground, we're playing championship, uh, champagne football 3-0, and then Masuaku makes that mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would, how would the fans have reacted? And how would, how would Masuaku have reacted? Uh, and that's just a small yeah. cameo, and you know, I don't, I'm a fan. I, I go, I've got to, but but sometimes I've seen us turning our our, our our players, and I'm I'm now beginning to wonder, you know, have we had great players all along? Just could that couldn't perform under the pressure that is an East End crowd that's not very happy. It's a difficult one. I, I, I mean, sorry, Phil. No, go on, Jim. Well, I, I was going to say, judging, judging by some of the comments on uh, social media, well, even on our Stop Hammer Time Facebook group, there was somebody instantly slagging Masuaku off and saying he's useless, he's rubbish, blah, blah. You know, completely ignoring the fact he's just coming back from injury. He's, he's been fantastic in the, in the, for the first hour in both the games that we've seen him. That, that anticipation running in for the second goal at, at Wolves, seeing that opportunity, the balance he brings to the left-hand side, fantastic feat. There was one moment in the second half where he was surrounded by four players yeah, yeah. and just kind, of, just kind of dribbles his way out, out of that. I mean, like, yeah. you know, kind of thing that world-class players do. Um, he's, you know, like I said, I mentioned his interception and his quick ball for the for the third goal, the fact that it was his second great cross from the burst of pace and cross from the left that led to the first goal, all this suddenly just gets ignored because uh, the guy makes one mistake. And I think you're you're right. You know, um, there have been times when I think a, a kind of mood of discontentment and uh, and, and and so on sort of seeps on the pitch. But I, I I'm not uh, sure that happens. To teams that are doing really well, though. No, I, I, I don't I, think I, so. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think the fans turn on a sixpence within a game if, on the whole, we're playing really well. I think. I think if we were at where we are in the table now, it that you know, um, you know, allowing for everything, and we'd had fans all the way through. I don't think they would have turned on Masuaku yesterday. I just don't think that would happen. I think what if you turn the clock back, well, I think what might have been a bit more interesting in that respect would be we've lost the first game at home to Newcastle. We've lost the second game 
little unluckily away at Arsenal. And then we're at home at Wolves, I think, isn't it? Is the, yeah, we've been there. And I would love to have known what the atmosphere would have been like there. We've lost our first two games. Yeah. We've got a terrible run of fixtures about to come yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And City, Liverpool and all that. And I'd love to know just how, what the atmosphere would have been like in and, so, and whether... So- so that's Whether my point, Mark. So that's my that's, that's 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 my point. We are we are in a position right now because we haven't had the fans and we haven't had all these all these microaggressions along the way that have meant that people don't want the ball. Masuaka doesn't want to take on four players, come out of it, and then make a great cross. He doesn't want to do it. He wants to find no, take it away. So 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 we would not we would not be in this position. We would be where we normally are which is in the bottom six, you know, and we've just, <laughs> if we're lucky, just got past 40 points. So I don't know what the lesson is. I just don't think so. I don't, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, those, those, when, when Moyes came in last time after Billich, you know, I mean, the, the things were pretty ugly at that time. And I think that sort of week in which we beat Chelsea 1-0 and then drew 0-0 with Arsenal, uh, you know, that really turned the mood. You know, and that's one point in a week, but two really good performances. And um, we started to think, oh, we might not get relegated. You know, I think, I think, um, you know, I think, you know, that new stadium took a lot of getting used to, but there were there were games where it was pumping, even in the bad days. You know, that Friday think- night against Leicester, I think that was a draw, wasn't it? But we really needed that draw. Didn't you know what yeah. Maybe it was yeah. Monday. It was yeah, an odd yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, it was. You know, it, was, it, was it, was an, it was an evening game. I mean, yeah, it was, it was strong. Yeah. And a really good atmosphere because we needed it and the fans got behind the team. And interesting, a player we mentioned earlier, Albrighton, in an interview after the game, said what an intimidating place it was to play. Yeah. And that's, the, that's you know, I, I think it's, I think the, the noise does strange things in that, in that, in that arena, in that ground, in a way, I think sometimes it's noisier, noisier than than it can seem to you at one end. You know, if your end isn't being noisy at the time, sometimes the, you know, um, and I think it wasn't long after that there was, there was the win against Tottenham, wasn't what, um, and and it really was rocking that night when Lanzini scored in that in that one. So I think, you know, it's not that it has the potential to be an intimidating place for away teams to come. And it, 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 the old Upton Park that people go on about with its proximity to the pitch, that stopped being Upton Park quite a long time ago because once they rebuilt that West Stand, the, the, the ground was a whole West Stand wider, wasn't it? Because they never, they never did the same thing that they were going to do with the East Stand and move the, move the pitch back over, which was in the original plans. Um, I mean, it's a really good question, and I think it's a really interesting debate now about where the campaign against the board, where the where the complaints against the board go, because it's been wrapped up, no doubt, with failure on the pitch. I mean, that you know, fundamentally, yeah, um, last four years, last four seasons, yeah. Um, So there was there was there was a picture of of um, fans outside the game when the team bus around outside the ground, the team bus sort of you know with. GSB out posters, you know, RIP West Ham. You know, it's a bit odd having a big banner saying RIP West Ham when you're fourth in the league and chasing Champions League football within the five-year time frame that was that was you know supposedly the, the kind of the promise that everyone had bought into. Um, I'm no sorry, lovely. I don't understand, Jim. When was this banner? Well, yesterday. 
Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Well, well I, I saw a photo of West Ham. Yeah, so kind of GS. Well, it's I mean, that, you can't necessarily like that. Who was it who so, raised the yeah, expectation? Yeah, yeah. that right. on it. You know, that, that wasn't you um, know, that killing wasn't our club and all that, and all that kind of well, thing. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, it's a difficult one because uh, a lot of the animosity towards the board is 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 deep seated in the way they have perceived to have um, treated fans and 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 so on and so forth. But a lot of it is just born out of frustration of failed transfer policies and. And and a lack of lack of success, and and I think people were naive. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think people were naive about what their expectations were when we moved into the stadium. When we did a series of podcasts just after that move, we talked about you know raised expectations as being a real problem for 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 a club. And, and Moyes picked up on it. One of the first things he said in an interview when he arrived was that he wants to you know under promise and over deliver. The opposite to what's been going on at West Ham for too long is yeah. over-promising and under-delivering. De- under um, well, yeah. No, I... I yeah. No. <laughs> no, quite true. I, 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 I get it, but I think it's... It, it makes but, the whole but, situation but because, more problematic. But because way, people didn't it? want to move. Because people didn't want to move from um, Upton Park... Uh, I think they willfully misinterpreted what Gold Sullivan and Brady said about the next level. They, in that first season that went horribly wrong, because, you know, I lay the blame very much at Billich's door, not really Sullivan and Gold's door, I have to say. And uh, But that season sort of went tits up. And basically, these people were saying they promised us the next level. They promised us the next level about six months after that promise was made, as if somehow a switch was going to be flicked. No, Phil, you... no, I'm not doing that, mate. So, no, it wasn't Bilic. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not GSB out. Definitely not. I do not know what it's like to have a, have a, have a shed load of money and, and have to decide how to spend it. But Bilic wanted some key players for that team. And when he went to the board, he wasn't given what he wanted. It was given. It was given Nordvite and and a hundred hundred other players for a fiver. Yeah, you know. So, so so come on and Zaza and no, come on, no no no. Whatever. I can understand the frustrations of the fans. All right, we weren't promised in five years to be fighting in the right end of the table, getting into Europe. Now it might have been an outlandish promise. It might have been tongue in cheek. But that's what we were promised. And then when we and when we transferred after a great last season at Upton Park and that last game with Man United, which was brilliant, yeah? And then you get, you know, 100 players for a fiver and then you get served up that rubbish. And then well, you I just don't know. I don't know how much Billich is involved in the transfer policy because, you know, you would hope it would be had to be believed. <laughs> Someone would have you believe that he found Lanzini, that he found Paye, that he found Obiang, that he had... So why suddenly has he got nothing to do with the transfers the following season? I I, I said there were players that he wanted. I forgot there's a guy from Portugal. There was a real defence, the sort of Suchet type Rice defensive midfielder we were supposed to be getting. And the ball, the ball, um, you know, how many times we link with players and and we can't get him? Because... Yeah, so 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 look, I, I I'm not I'm not I'm definitely not against the board. I'm not a board out, for, but 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 it, 
That was on them. You cannot promise something to a bunch of, and rip the heart out of the not the heart club, no, no, not heart club, no, no. Rip them out of their traditional homeland, drop them in this place, and then not not follow up. Now, as, as I said earlier on, I'm not a, a billionaire, and I don't know what it's like to spend two hundred million quid and go, Ooh, was it the right thing? I don't know what it's like, but I'm not there. You are. So you, 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 sure. you and you've got to back, you've got to back your manager. And, and again, if anything, keep your step back and let the manager fall on his own sword. Let the manager buy his own players and, and you know, do or die. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 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 there's a lot of things we don't know. I mean, exactly. I, I'm assuming they didn't want that 16-17 season to be shit, you know, they, but it was. And I, I you know... Um, I also, we saw uh, Moyes come in and fix very clear issues that I, by the fact that things changed when he came in, I do lay at the door of Billich, you know. And, um, you know, for, I haven't got a vendetta against Billich. It's just like, I sort of think maybe he's not a very good manager because things, you know, he had a really good season when they signed really good players. So Jenkinson, Alex Song, you know, we just had a really good squad that that 15, 16 season. And uh, then, you know, things went against the wall. And then Pellegrini was, was, you know, it didn't work out very well with Pellegrini. I don't think they wanted that to go wrong because they gave him a lot of money to manage the yeah, team. But Pellegrini, gave him a lot but, again, but Pellegrini was a, was a vanity signing. Pellegrini, he was finished at City. He was finished at City. So why yeah. get Pellegrini? And um, again, we're finished. That's like saying this year, Moyes has a real great year and the next year, oh, well, it's only because he has some great players. You know, I think I think I think the whole anti-ball thing and 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 expectations—it's a complex business, and it's not always rational and going because emotions and passions are involved. And people were not happy uh, with Moyes because they saw that as an unambitious um, managerial signing, and were most of those people. There was a huge buzz about Pellegrini coming what you say about it was absolutely right with with the benefit of hindsight but the 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 kind of conversations i was having with people and 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 uh, uh you were reading on social media at the time was an excitement about now oh, now we've got a kind of proper world-class manager to go with that with our our expectations whereas in reality what we needed what any football club like west ham needs is solidity proper planning proper strategy. I mean, you know, we are watching this season, what it's like to be managed by a manager and a team who really know what the fuck they're doing. And it's, and it's wonderfully refreshing. So, and you can see it, uh, you know, it, it, day, game by game, you know, period of the season by period of the season, you can see it, 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 it working. And, and all the noise is coming manager, out of the club. This is the same manager, and, 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 and I, I agree, he's done fantastic surprise, but who... Got the Hevo in Sunderland. Got the Hevo at Man United. Got a Hevo in in um, Spain. You know, yeah, he's coming to West Ham and he's got it right. He's definitely got it right, but he's also had a period where he's got it wrong. So you, yeah. you know, well, you don't get, but you don't become a bad manager overnight. The David Moyes of Everton and the David Moyes of West Ham are the same David Moyes who just didn't get the title at Man United. Well. 
Yeah, didn't get the, the Man United. The Man United Sunderland, was a, Sunderland was a shitstorm that he yeah, went yeah, into. Yeah, I agree. I you know, agree. And, and I don't know what happened at the Spanish club. No, exactly. So what do I say to you? So a uh, village at, at um, West Ham who se- uh, seems to be a likable guy who wants to be liked yeah. didn't have the testicles to say to the board, shut it, my team, my yeah. squad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would. That's well, I think there true. were catastrophic things. We started. Uh, got, I, I don't want to spend a huge amount of time on this because we've got no, this no, sort of this season to talk about. But you know, I mean, he started a Premier season with no left back and a uh, a man who ended up being a striker as his right back. And it's like, I mean, that's something he should have gone to the management about. You know, there yeah. just seemed to be stuff on the pitch that I thought was like, you know, at at, yeah. at fault. I, I, um, I just Sorry. think there's been a lot of revisionist thinking about it, about it all. Just to feel, because because at the time when that in that that final season, um, there, I had lots of conversations in a lot of pubs with a lot of West Ham fans, uh, and I hardly met anyone who wanted to stay at the stadium. Uh, me and Phil were among the very few people who really did not want to move. I would have joined. And I'm not a big kind of protesty campaigny sort of person, but I would have joined a a, a meaningful protest against the move at the time but it was three people with Arthur Banner and a dog outside the, at the ground it, literally there was there was very very little opposition to that move at the time people were buying into the notion that going to a big ground was going to be a, a, all about kind of buying success and so on um, and now there's a lot of revisionists thinking about the ground and losing traditions and so on there weren't many people standing up for long live the bowlin at the time we were we were it was announced that we were going to leave it to be no, honest, no, I don't know. it's very, very kind of retro. That I don't know. Anyway, no, that's Jim, enough. I don't, said know, I, I don't know, Jim. I, it's, it's not, not, that's not my experience. Uh, you know, no. The, but what I was sitting there, I was at the Paul's Amos in West End. We didn't want to leave. We didn't. We didn't want to leave. And it took a lot of marketing, a lot of phone calls, a lot of uh, videos, and come and have a look to buy the ticket to go where we went to. Sure. Well, I'm with you, but I, that just wasn't my experience. Yeah. I, I think to you're right, Jim. There, there was there is revisionist thinking about it. I I, I agree with Chris. My, our circle were definitely all not for leaving Upton Park, but then likewise, none of us were chaining ourselves to the railings at, at Upton Park either. I agree. No, I mean you know one 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 issue I had with it in a way was that it felt um, it felt that you know when Arsenal moved to the Emirates from Highbury. There were there was a waiting list for season tickets at Highbury. That sort of demand was there for a move. Whereas, you know, I didn't. I don't. I you know. I think you could. We certainly weren't sold out of season tickets at Upton Park, and you know, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily a sellout every week. And also, we'd spent some, a couple of years in the Championship. You know, within recent memory of the move, you know, and uh, certainly, you know, and you could get in when we were in the championship. And I was like, you know, you've got to sort of, you've got to build a demand before you move. And I was concerned that, you know, the stadium would be three quarters empty. But in fact, that's the one thing that I was proved wrong on. You know, it's like it's pumping and they put more chairs in, didn't they? So it's um, so that was, you know, one of my biggest reservations was like, I don't want to move to a big, you know, we saw Middlesbrough away, didn't we? And uh, their stadium, their ground is too big for them, as the song goes. And I didn't want mm. our no, situation to yeah. be the same as that, you know. Uh, but it wasn't. That's the one thing that didn't happen. 
you know, there was yeah. a lot of cheap season tickets, £99 season tickets, and kids were a quid to fill it up, but it was full. And, you know, hopefully now we'll give them the football that, you know, warrants being in that size of stadium and we'll sort of make it a good place to... Talking to season tickets, usually this time of year is when I'm sort of loudly telling everybody this might be my last season, I'm not going to renew. 50-odd <laughs> years is coming to an end. And, and then the day before renewal date, I usually pile in and, and cave in. Today, <laughs> I renewed my season ticket. <laughs> yes, I might do it tomorrow, yeah, yeah. So do they knock a third off? Because they sort of owe us a third from about two years ago, don't they? They sort of, the end of the 2019-20 season, because there weren't any games, that third became your deposit for this yeah. year's season ticket, which meant I paid 26 quid for my season ticket this year because I'd already you know, paid a third of that. So that all gets knocked on, does it? So yeah. by next year, it's, third, it's just a third off. Make- the whole thing even more pleasurable when you don't actually have to get your credit card out yeah 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 just pay it with money find down the back of the couch um noble mark noble played his 400th game for west ham in the premier 400th premier league game uh yesterday and uh those last two games he's been good yeah quite a lot of the sort of ringing the death knell of mark noble and kind of going this is really you know this is this this is beyond the pale, picking Noble. I know that against Wolves, um, because, you know, Wolves have got some pace. Uh, there was a lot of kind of ominous moaning and gnashing of teeth before that game when they saw his name on the team sheet. Fortunately, against Wolves, strangely, the battle didn't seem to happen much in the middle of the pitch. They were keen to get it out to Triore on one of the flanks, uh, and somehow the whole game felt like balls were kind of donked over the top for people to run onto from both sides. So, you know, Noble had a relatively good game in that. But, you know, yesterday there was a fair amount of kind of play in the middle of the pitch, and Noble acquitted himself really well. Yeah, look, yeah. Noble has been, still is, a very good player. Yeah. Um, you know, and you don't lose that football intelligence overnight. No, my my my, my problem for Mark. Look, he's coming to that team. He's got a job to do, and he's played out of his skin. And I think that he's played. You know, when 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 you when you're a sportsman, there's that left brain logical stuff where you know building books how to play. But then there's there's that virtuous virtuosity there's that when you just climb in it you just and you're an automatic pilot and you see it and you do it and you just feel great my my fear for mark is game one game two as well as his play playing on adrenaline what happens game three game four when he comes down off the high and he realizes i'm 32 year old mark noble and i can't run one more time and I lunge him for that tackle and it's the penalty or it's my red card or and, and that's the the negative me that's what I'm I'm, I'm scared of. it's what I'm scared of I don't want to it's what I'm scared of I'm scared that 55 minutes into the game Mark Noble realizes I'm 32 or 33 and my legs are gone well you know what I mean was it? I think it was the very bad first half against Brighton that we played, and then we were much, much better in the second half. And I think in that first half, uh, 
Noble was on the team sheet and there was a little bit of sort of a ill feeling. I don't know why, I don't know who was missing, but somehow, you know, Mark was picked. And that first half against Brighton didn't work out and Mark didn't have his best game and he was hooked at half time and they changed the lineup in the second half and we played better. So I think, you know, possibly, you know, if Moyes sees that happening, he'll reconfigure because I, I do sort of think that Fornells is possibly capable of partnering Suchek in the middle of the park, which means that you can probably play Ben Rama somewhere in front of them or, you know, have some sort of configuration that includes him. So I think, I think there is a sort of formation that we can play in the absence of Rice that doesn't mean that we have to pick Nobes if uh, he's not feeling it. Because I do think, you know, he... he we will have sterner tests than Wolves and quite a weakened Leicester as well. Um, but I thought he had some really good games and I wondered whether it was because he was deployed in a slightly sort of different way. He I seemed so. to be a bit deeper, didn't he? I think so. I think if he sits in front of the back four, um, picks up stuff, breaks things up, picks passes, you know, takes play from deep, he can cope with it. He don't need the legs to, to do that. Lots of lots, there's been lots of great players in the past who haven't really been, Hello. you know, athletes or or whatever. What where there's been a problem is when he's been put into the team alongside Suchek and Rice as a kind of three and been expected to do more of a kind of number ten, um, number ten role, more the kind of role that sort of Fornhouse was playing <clears throat> uh, yesterday. You know, and and. I think that, you know, yeah, he hasn't got the legs for that. He's, he, you know, um, there was a time when I think he probably was underdeployed as an attacking midfielder. And I, I've always laid the blame a lot of that on Kirbishley, who told him he didn't have the pace to be an attacking midfielder and tried to turn him into a defender or did turn him into a defensive midfielder. Um, but I, I, I think, you know, um, in his heyday, he did have the legs to, to do that. Not, not the pace. He could certainly, you know, run and run. Um, now I think you know he's using his now. So, I mean, the block where he got injured in his arm was just you know fantastic, classic blood and guts. We've seen it so many times over the years. You know, putting his body on the line, getting in the way of things. You know, there's, you, you, you can't argue with his passion and commitment. And, and we're going to need that over these last. He's going to be playing whether we whether we like it or not. We haven't got anyone else. <laughs> we've no, no. So um, and his nails. If anyone gets, if there's anyone in that team who gets the uniqueness of the position we're in right now. It's Mar Noble, you know. I always yeah. like seeing him play in the derbies and things like that because I think, again, if anyone gets what it's like, to why it's important to beat Tottenham, and that's why I hope he plays in the Chelsea match, you know, as well, because yeah. I, I think he absolutely gets it. And actually going back to Chris's point about Arthur and how the crowd would be, you know, there have been... Pe- periods of this season where people have written Mark Noble off and said, you know, legs are gone, good night. You know, it's sentimental. Even when he announced it was going to be his farewell season, next season, there were still people going, yeah, it's, this is uh, this is heart rule in the head here, you know, and yet he's come in and done a, a great job for us these last two games. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. You know, if there's a there's a slightly schizophrenic attitude towards him. It's almost like we we revere the legend as was, and and but we don't really want him anywhere near the team now. And yeah, no. continuously does a really good job. I think I, I think what what you got there, Mark, though, is that we've still got the scars of another great player for West Ham. Is it great or good? Um, Nolan and, and 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 Sam, you know, where he went on the season one season or a season half too long. 
Um, and, and, and you don't want to see that happen to Mark. And you you what, the last two games he's been su- superb. You just don't want Mark, no, you don't want Mark to you don't want Mark to do a Stephen Gerrard. Yeah. No, you no. You don't want him no. who falls over, gives the ball, back of the net, bye bye Liverpool, bye bye West Ham, you you're seventh, you're not fourth. Yeah. yeah. Because you do know that whatever happens in the last game of the season, there's going to be that permutation. Normally, it's relegation, but it's going to be one minute you're fourth, one minute you're seventh. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, I mean, you're coming on to that. We, we, you know, last week when we did this podcast, I wrote down our remaining eight fixtures. I and mean, you certainly, you know, we... Um, we observed sort of fairly early on in the season that, that our run-in is, you know, on paper, relatively favourable. Three sort of potential stumbling blocks, I thought, were the games against uh, Leicester, Chelsea, and for me, Everton, feel, Everton. always feel dangerous. Uh, the others, you know, were winnable. Uh, and what we've done is win one of the very first of those three difficult games. And... Uh, uh, um, you know, hugely encouraging because we really are just going to be taking this a game at a time. Chris, as you, as you say, I mean, it is, I think, you know, when, when you know, where the Sunday fixture and games with teams around us are played on the Saturday, we'll go down two places and then we'll come back up one or come back up two. It's just going to be like that till the end of the year and we won't know how it's going to turn out, as you say, probably till the last, you know, day or the last couple of days. Um, you've, got fancy, you've got a fancy, and I'm sorry, John, I feel I'm talking too much, but you've got the fancy Liverpool in it, haven't you? I mean, I, I, can, you, can you believe we're saying this? We're fighting for Liverpool, the champions, to be in the top yeah. four. But you've got to fancy Liverpool. Um, yeah, I, I said last week, Chris, Liverpool will go past us. I think they'll win every game between now and the end of the season. Um, they were lucky against Villa. I watched their game against Villa um, and, you know, won the goal from uh, Alexander-Arnold at the late on, but they haven't really... You know, I think if Grealish had been fit playing that game, I think Villa... In fact, if Grealish had been fit the last six, seven games, Villa would be... We'd be looking over our shoulders at them, actually. Definitely, I think they're yeah, a decent yeah. team. So we've been lucky in that respect, but they've probably dropped out of it now, as it were, as a team that could go past us. I think Spurs are having a massive wobble and have got some difficult games still yeah. to come. Um, so it's looking like, yeah, Everton are a real threat. Chelsea, Liverpool must be hot favourites to go past us. But we've got a chance because we've got to play uh, Chelsea. And I think Leicester will be looking over their shoulders big time, really, at everyone. So it's going to go. Yeah, I think it's going. I think you're right, Chris. I think it's going to go to the wire. And the really positive thing is our last three games. You've got Brighton away, uh, almost literally and certainly metaphorically on the beach by then, we hope. (laughs) Um, West Brom will be dead and better. They'll be gone. Uh, and Southampton will be literally kind of sunglasses and flip-flops. So, um, and it's a different kind of pressure. When you play those teams, sometimes those those games don't go the way you think when you're a relegation scrap because one little thing goes against you and the confidence goes and so on. But when you are banging in three goals in 45 minutes in every one of your games against uh, Arsenal and Leicester and Wolves... Um, you go a goal down in one of those games. You're just going to shrug your shoulders and say, "Well, we'll score. We'll score two or three. We're not. We're not worried about it." It's a different kind of pressure. Those games are going to be, you know, opportunities, aren't they? You know, opportunities to win something, to get somewhere, rather than you know, 
risking failure. I mean, I, you know, obviously, Chris, you're the you're the expert on sports psychology, but but am I? Do you think I'm right about that well, kind yeah, of the mentality being different? On. I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, the way you framed it was was brilliant. Uh, we, we we will be the team with everything to play for. It really, really matters. Scrap of everything, and you you know, hopefully, the three teams that you just mentioned are flip flops. For, for different reasons, West Brom they've gone, and the other two they're both on the south coast, and they're already going to the two K, and they're going to Viva La España. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I think West Brom beat Southampton tonight, though, didn't they? I think. Hey. Sorry, did they? It's still it's too little, too late, isn't it, for them? Yeah, all, all the same, they're putting a run That's together. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Two, and I think they were three up against Southampton. I don't know what the final score yeah. was. But, oh. Yeah, it's like I mean, it's like that sort of um, you know the Arsenal's invincible season and uh, and some of those runs that the champions of the last couple of years, City and Liverpool, have had. It's like you you you're not reaching for something. You've already got it, and you're trying not to drop it. Yes. And the yeah. fact is, you've got it. So all you got to do is hang on to it. All you got to do is not drop it. And I mean, Phil Pitt made this sort of point that that you know last uh, last week's podcast uh, of um, if we can just pick points up in each game, it's like it's just not losing. And one thing we're really good at is not losing. People were quite you know down on. Uh, you know the Arsenal performance because of the comeback, uh, that Brighton performance because of uh, quite a wretched first half of football, probably one of our worst halves of football this season. Both of those games that we didn't lose, we got one point. You know, and it's just that thing of just going, let's just keep trying to put points on the board. You know, sometimes it'll be one, but sometimes it'll be three. And if we just, yeah. you know, for me. One thing I th- I've, I've sort of thought when it started to look we were going to put, look like we were going to put a good season together was I hope we can get more points than the 15-16 season, our last really good season. And we got 62 points and we're on 55 now. So, you know, uh, eight points will get us to 63, which is a better a better finish than the Pie season. And, you know, that yeah. was a bloody good team. Yeah. Jenkinson and an informed Cresswell on the flanks, Lanzini, Pie. Okay, yeah. That was a great team. Okay. I mean, that's a lovely statement there, yeah, but that's a little bit arbitrary now. I think, you know, I think now, well, so let's speak for myself. Having, can't believe where we are. I'd be really disappointed if we finish eighth, for example, and we, and we don't get into Europe. And I am even, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I'm even really, I'm really hoping now for Champions League. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. You know, <laughs> it, it just sounds ridiculous to be a West Ham fan. And I says, now look, I won't be disappointed if we don't get Champions League. Of course I won't. You know, if we're here and we get sixth or seventh, we're going to, fine, fine. But honestly, 62 points, that, that, that is just so, doesn't matter anymore. Be- only because, you know, victim of our own success, because of where we actually are with seven games to go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, no one's saying, I, I, I'll be happy if we're sixth and seventh, and I'll be sad if we're fourth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not saying that. You know, it's like, um, you know, I want us to finish as high as we possibly can. Um, but for me, if we got more points than we did in 15, 16, and I, you know, I sort of think, you know, it's my head says, uh, 
maybe seventh. My heart says sixth. Uh, I think we will finish one of either sixth or seventh, I would say. You know, you know, the team don't listen to me. <laughs> we're playing too well. We're playing too well. Phil Wheelands wants us to finish six. We're going to have to, we're gonna have to screw gonna, up. I think we're going to finish above Leicester, having beaten them. I think that was a psychological blow, but they've got, they've got, um, uh, they've still got a cup semi-final. Um, their heads were there, I think, as well. I think that helped, actually. That was a factor in that game. Mm. Um, it's always mm-hmm. useful to play a, a team a week before a cup semi-final, I think. Um, Liverpool and think, Chelsea have both got Europe. They've still got Europe. They've still got mm-hmm. Europe. So that's Liverpool a factor. I, I, I think Europe. it's hard to imagine that we're... Get, I think Liverpool have just got an easy run of fixtures, though. And I think they're going to go past it. I think it's a battle between us, Chelsea and Everton for that for that fourth, fifth, sixth place. I think that's that's where it's going to go. I think it'll be Man City, Man U, Liverpool, one, two, three. And then I think I think it's I think Leicester are going to uh, do what they did last last season. I think they're going to fall away. That's I, about, I mean, that will be really useful if, yeah, one of the teams above us. I mean, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of one of the teams above us sort of that we might overtake one of them. But yeah, Leicester, obviously, they're only a point away at the moment. But They're not, uh, not going to touch Man U. And actually, that Man U no. result yesterday was probably good for us, actually, because I think, yeah. you know, Spurs were one of the teams you'd have thought probably will. They've got to make up. They've got six points to make up now. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah. in seven games that they're going to be going some to... Uh, We've got to, either got to kind of fuck it up a bit or they've got to really go some. And they, they're showing no signs of that, are they really? No, no. I mean, I think there's a sort of, um, there's a slightly rocky psychology there as well. They're sort of, you know, they, they seem, you know, Mourinho's sounding very discontented and there's a lot of sort of paper talk about if we don't get Champions League, I'm off, says Harry Kane. It feels like, you know, it feels like they're sort of... Um, not a happy ship, and that, they've got a massively. I, so, so, so I, so, so I actually think it's not because of what they do. I think I think it's about what we do, and, yeah. I, yeah. and I think yeah. I do think Liverpool will get a bit ahead of us. I uh, like what you just said there, Jim, about Leicester. I, I just think for whatever reason this year, whatever reason, our boys don't know when they beat. They do not understand that no. when your best central midfielder is out, you're supposed to capitulate. They do not understand that when you drop in Mark Noble at the end of his career, he's supposed to mess it up. They do not understand that when our best <laughs> central defender is out, that actually is supposed to leak more goals yeah. than score. They don't know that you, you, can't, yeah, you yeah. can't play without a stri- striker. They just don't know. They, so, so it's like they're, they're like kids. They don't know what they don't know, that you can't do this. And so I, I honestly do think... We are going to go on that stupid run. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, the psychology is definitely there. You know, we're, we're, set, up, we're set up for it and, and hopefully we can because, you know, this run in, these games are winnable. And uh, we've already won one of the ones that we thought was maybe a bit less winnable. Uh, so, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean... Well, if, if we win the other two, I mean, if we beat Chelsea and we beat Everton, I think that'll be it. I think we will do it. But yeah, I don't yeah. think we will. <laughs> we lose <laughs> both those games. But if we were to win both those games, my God, you know, yeah. I think we'll do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's, you know, it's, it's that we're at that point, aren't we? We're we're in the driving seat. We're we're the team in fourth. They've got to get past us. And we and we're the team we've been. Those are six pointers. Those games, aren't they? You know, um, Chelsea one point behind. We, we beat them. It's four points. Yeah, that's the, yeah. That's the game. Chelsea's that's the game, isn't it? 
Yeah. It's a massive game, isn't it? Yeah, we win that. Crikey. I don't think we will. But, <laughs> no, but, no. Uh, no, but we, um, you know, uh, Jalen's is sort of adding to our very positive sort of psychology. He just goes out there and just does his thing. And it's going to be very worrying for other teams. I think it is that, you know, again, we're in a, we're in uncharted territory in that um, other teams are worried about us and they don't know what we're going to do. And it's like, you know, three, a third team in three weeks has had three goals put past them. And, you know, as, as, as you said, Mark, teams now should know what to expect from us, but they can't do anything about it. You know. Can I say, though, just to add it up, I think, and I've felt this for a little while now, the big banana skin is coming up Saturday. Well, I think Newcastle, that's a really good still, Newcastle still need points. They will yeah. be fighting like hell. And Wilson back. and uh, Sam Maximum back. Yeah, yeah. And when they came on against Burnley, t- turned the game. And we, so have no, we have no, I know it's a different world, but we have no record at St James's Park, really, do we? Not really, not much. And, 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 and another thing as well is, I, I think most teams that we played against have just not taken us seriously. I, you know, I know we are in fourth, but most teams still think it's West Ham. Yeah. And so so I think that the way that they're it's West Ham. They can't so we're gonna lose in a minute. Um so but but the teams like a Newcastle, they're scrapping for everything. So I I have you mm-hmm. right, Mark. You know, it's a Newcastle's and a Brighton that could be the tough games because yeah. if, if they're scrapping for things and Newcastle are still scrapping for something. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely. my fear, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilson always scores against this. He's one of those players who always scores against West Ham and he's he's he's, very, he's a player I've always admired or, you know, would have liked to have come to West Ham at some point. But um, And Sam Maximan has burned us with his pace, you know, a couple of seasons ago, absolutely tore us, tore us apart. Yeah, made Zabaleta, Zabaleta, Zabaleta you know, look training haplessly yeah. in his wake. But, yeah. but how, many, how many times during the season have we gone, and I've certainly done it, which is, go, it'd be typical West Ham if yes. we did yes. this. Yeah. And funny enough, this season, yeah. we've not done that. I, I was no. convinced we were going to lose to Sheffield United, having just beaten whoever it was. We, yeah. That would be so typical of West Ham. Well, actually, what's typical of West Ham at the moment is burning teams off in the first half hanging on a bit at the end, but giving us great entertainment. And at the end of it, as Chris said, winning. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, all very positive, taking it a game at a time. I've got a piece of paper with the fixtures <laughs> on uh, my computer for every time we do this, and I'm sort of ticking them off. And if it's like, you know, three points every game, by the time I've filled this piece of paper up, we'll, uh, we'll be in Europe. Um, so um, yeah very exciting very exciting uh, weeks ahead Um, I suppose that's probably about it for this week's Stop Hammer Time except for match predictions for Newcastle United I said 3-1 didn't I for yesterday I think last week it was annoying when they scored their second Uh, yeah so um, Mark do you want to go first yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't say what I've just said and then say I think Newcastle are going to win. It's going to be West Ham two one. Maybe unusually, we'll only score two. Two one, two one. Jim, what do you reckon? I think we'll score two, but I think they will as well. I think it's going to be two all. Two all. Chris, what do you reckon? I'll go three one West Ham. Three one West Ham. Good man. Good man. Then I will say one nil West Ham. Ooh. Newcastle Ooh. don't score. And we score one. 
All right, Good. there we are. Uh, nice. well, we'll see you next week and find out what happened in that game. Uh, uh, this has been Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me this week have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. Mark Sandell. Good evening. And Chris Akabusi. See ya. Come on, you irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.